someone on social media was like replying being like yeah but like avery bradley's bad at contested layups it's like do you think that matters with what we're talking about here <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything it has nothing to do with anything the guy whoever said that needs class, to be in a locker right now who would like have that... over the room like there's not, nothing to do with anything i hope whoever said that is currently getting a swirly like he's, i hope like whoever I, I, I assume he's writing for silver screen and roll <laughs> That was, that was actually Harrison. That was yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome back to the Anthony Irwin Show. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, this is somebody who I look forward to talking to every single time that we record. I, I don't do it enough. It's because the Lakers only play the Grizzlies like twice a year or something like that. Um, and and <laughs> we only there's only like one or two games against the Grizzlies that are ever really memorable because usually they're this year they're just kicking the Lakers ass. Um, and today I'm talking I'm I'm talking to Keith Parrish of Fast Break Breakfast. Fun uh, guest that we've had on before. We have talked over the years. There's been the random trips to Vegas for summer league where we stay up playing blackjack till till forever. Uh, Keith, how you doing? I'm doing great, Anthony. Uh, always a pleasure uh, to talk with you. I miss I miss blackjack. I was just you know thinking... I miss blackjack too. Um, <laughs> this year in Vegas, it was just anxiety. It was uh, everyone walking around like I don't know, like should we sit down at the tables? There's these weird plastic dividers. Is this safe? I don't know what's safe. I'm just you know I'm gonna skip it. I'm gonna skip it this year. It was a it was a different Vegas trip summer league this year. Um, because literally Vegas was the epicenter. Or it was like the hot, it was the hottest yeah, was, spot on, was, on the planet as of last, mm -hmm. whatever it was, August. It was literally, it was like the uh, worst place to be. Yeah. Like everyone else, it's <laughs> like, hey, every, all the cases are down. We never heard of Omicron yet. It was yeah. basically chill everywhere except Vegas. And we're like, hey, let, let's go there. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the anxiety that you get from Blackjack, but no benefit. Right. Like, yeah. There was, there was no, no payoff. There was no <laughs> nothing. Yeah. And there still had people who uh, it was they didn't they didn't make some changes in vegas that were very interesting you were yes. no longer allowed to walk around and smoke you had to be seated to smoke so that normally is... like casinos are smoking so they did have a thing where all right listen you have to have your mask on while you're moving around but then once you sit down then you can have like the the 95 year olds with their oxygen tanks and respirators <laughs> in one hand and then their yeah. cigarette smokes in the other hand and they're just pulling the one-armed bandit god well, i mean we great we all we all we all know that you know walking and smoking is the combination that you're always really nervous about right right that and is that the is, one that that's the main way the virus currently is spread too yeah <laughs> uh today we are going to talk about the uh lakers and grizzlies and their matchups so far this year and uh where the two organization organizations sit the lakers and grizzlies could find themselves in a first round matchup this year i think uh and that would be fascinating to watch take place uh, Desmond Bain and LeBron James apparently hating each other, which is which is kind of fun as well. The Grizzlies in general just shitting on on Halsey is is an interesting uh, dynamic 
to add to the mix here. I'm, so Anthony, I'm not even sure who that is. So me neither. Harrison told me to ask you about it. And I was like, no, I, don't I don't think he's going to know. Sure. I'm not sure who that person is. <laughs> I know she said Desmond Bain had an unnaturally loud mouth, which I don't, I don't feel like you can say that about a person. That's a weird thing to say about a person. Well, I mean, some of us have louder voices than others, you know, some of she us. also said, she also said, um, you can't hurt me. I'm a Lakers fan. And I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I have no concept. What, what does that even mean? Can we talk about that for a second? What because does that mean? The, well, this is something that, that all of my non Lakers fans give me a hard time over as if I'm telling people to fire tweets like that off into the ether. So basically I think it means that this Lakers team has been miserable to root for. And therefore we are all dead inside. What? I think those Lakers fans who were sending that out are, 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 are ignoring contextually is that there are entire fan bases whose entire yeah. reality as fans of whatever NBA team it is that they're rooting for have been this season. Hey, you're not a Cleveland Browns fan. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm a Vikings fan, man. And I, I, I gotta tell fan? you, yeah, I gotta tell you, it's, it's, it's significantly more fun to be a Lakers fan than it is to be a Vikings fan. I mean, if we throw out the fraudulent bubble title, okay, there's some like 10, 12-year-olds walking around whose their lives have been miserable. They, they uh -huh. oversaw a five-year stretch where they were the worst franchise in the NBA. Yep. And then now, you know, one fictional title from the bubble. And then since then, it's been all expectations and not meeting those expectations. So I, yeah. I guess I understand where she's coming from. Is she 12? I have no idea how old she is. I, I think she's a little, I think she's pregnant. So I don't, I, th I think she's a little older than 12. I don't want to tell you about biology, Anthony. But... <laughs> okay. <laughs> <But> so <laughs> so the, 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 the bubble jokes also hurt that much more now because, you know, it used to be, we would just laugh them off or whatever, but it, it based on Rob Palenka and the front offices <laughs> judgment since the bubble, they basically said, all right, they won a championship that way. We're going to sprint in the opposite direction of one is what one is that championship. Well, you, you say that, but also the year the Lakers won the title, I was a big doubter of that Lakers team. I mm -hmm. thought Me the too. roster as constructed didn't make any sense. I was like, why are you doing this? It seems obvious you put shooters around LeBron, the mm -hmm. end. And they were like, no, we need playmakers. We're going to go playmakers around LeBron. Well, this was a year after the playmakers around LeBron. Well, wasn't this? Season. This was still, but like Rondo's there. And, uh, and it was uh, pretty much just Rondo. Okay. So, like, it still was a thing where, like, I felt like they were just bringing yeah. in LeBron's buddies. You guys went through the regular season as a terrible offensive team. Mm -hmm. You couldn't make any three pointers. Nope. And then suddenly in the bubble, mm -hmm. Anthony Davis becomes Clay Thompson and he makes <laughs> all his jumpers, he makes yeah. all his three pointers. And, and the Lakers won the title. And I'm like, oh, I guess I was wrong. Their their decision to build this way was fine. Mm -hmm. And then last year, you can excuse, okay, there was a big injury. If there hadn't been an injury, they would have been, been fine. And maybe they would have beaten uh, the Suns in the playoffs. If, mm -hmm. you know. But then this year, everything they did to build the roster, I was like, this is a terrible idea. But I was too nervous because I was wrong two so years wrong. ago <laughs> about yeah. the Lakers leaving the title. Where I, felt, <laughs> I felt hesitant to criticize them. But then I think it was basically opening night where I was like, oh my, oh no, this is not going to, I don't think it's going to work. And now we're halfway through the season and I still feel pretty um, yeah. firm in my belief that, oh wow, this is definitely not working. I, I'm right there with you. Uh, I, I would say like the, the Anthony Davis hitting everything in the bubble, like let's just say hypothetically, somebody made a deal with the devil for a championship. Yeah. And the, the, the deal meant that Anthony Davis would 
shoot like Clay Thompson in the bubble and then not ever be able to shoot ever again, but continue to shoot as if he was Clay Thompson. Mm. I, that would, I, that feels like the pretty logical explanation as to why Anthony Davis plays. Well, when you does. say deal with the devil, I'm not going to call the Pelicans franchise, the devil, but that's literally what happened. You guys sold out everything <laughs> yeah. to win the one bubble title, man. This is I a think hot it's, David I, Griffin take, but I think it's <laughs> worth it. He's the devil. It's worth it, though. I mean, you yeah. guys made the decision to trade away all your future first-round picks. By the way, thanks for the one that's coming to the Grizzlies next year. Mm-hmm. The um, You guys made the decision to, quote-unquote, mortgage the future. You thought maybe you could pivot um, in the future if you needed to, a la the Heat and Pat Riley. You thought also maybe uh, the world was ending within eight years and you wouldn't need all those draft picks. So you're like, Still strike. not untrue. It's still not provable untrue. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you're like, let's strike while the iron's hot. We'll bring in Anthony Davis. We we have LeBron. We, we can win a title. And you did win a title, but now it's basically you're, you're kind of paying for it. I'm not saying the Lakers aren't going to make the playoffs. I think they're clearly going to make the playoffs. I think they're yeah. they're I think they're even better than the general temperature I get from Lakers fans online. I think they're actually better than maybe um, Lakers fans yeah. even think they are right now. Like mm-hmm. they're going to be fine, but I don't think you have a chance of winning the title. And Me um, I think all that you know, and then winning a title in the future. Uh, good luck, buddy. I think you, 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 there's a lot of teams you well, probably have to get in line behind. The good news is they have kind of a head start. So like they aren't getting caught anytime soon. I don't think, I don't think like if they, if they win number 18 this year, which I don't think is going to happen. Boston isn't winning number 18 for the next like 57 years. I don't think so. I think oh, are we the, talking about, we're we talking about all time franchise rankings. Who yeah. cares? Oh me, you're, I, you're, I do. You're these counting, are things, min- these you're are counting the- Minneapolis titles. Ridiculous. Yeah. That doesn't Vikings make any sense. Vikings fan. You guys, fan. You guys I, there's no reason Celtics. for me not to count those. I'm you a guys Vikings are counting fan. titles <laughs> when there were six teams. There yeah. were six teams. That that's an intramural league. Yeah, six teams. I still have my intramural championship T-shirt. I don't count anything that doesn't happen. Uh, <laughs> I start my basketball history with the ABA NBA merger. I'm sorry, Bob yeah, Pettit. That's, that's I'm fair. sorry, George Mikan. I'm sorry things that happened 20 years before I was born. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not well, interested. Like, I'm, I'm interested in finding out about them sometimes. I'm yeah. interested that Joe Folks had a two-game stretch where he went 12 for 63 from the field. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> but don't be like, my, my team's Russ won. Russ is trying. My, Russ. Yeah. My team's won 18 titles. It's like, listen. Yeah. Why are we, why are we counting things that happened 70 years ago in sports? Like, well, that's, that's meaningless. Again, so... Vikings fan that will never watch my Vikings win a Super Bowl. So at least a championship was won in Minnesota. You guys had Fran Tarkenton. <laughs> Still no champion. I don't, they, I don't think they've ever even, no, they haven't been to the Super Bowl. It has no, never they, happened. They've been to the Super Bowl. I don't, oh, they might. Yeah, but they haven't won one. The, the saddest, the saddest they thing. They've been in four Super Bowls, man. Yeah, they all happened in the 70s. Four, and I eight, never saw any nine, of and 11. You guys were on fire back then. <laughs> yeah. I had a book when I was a kid. Um, uh, it was a story of the first 22 Super Bowls. So mm-hmm. that might date me. But it was, uh, and it had like a, a three-page summary of every Super Bowl. And as mm-hmm. a kid, I read that over and over and over. And so I'm reading all about like Lynn Dawson and Larry Zonka and all Ooh, these like random Zonka is a good name. Yeah. These random football things, you know? And so anyway, um, yeah, I don't know why we're counting those old championships. They're fun to say, but like, you can't use it as like, listen, um, back in the Minnesota days when 
the, the league was suing players from joining and, you know, like they were, they were in legal battles with the ABA and they didn't really have a draft and it was four owners who knew what they were doing and no one was making a lot of money. Like comparing that to like a title in the last 30 years where like teams knew what was going on essentially. I mean, it's, I guess it's fun for historical purposes, but I, I can't find myself to get motivated for these conversations. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a, you've that was a pretty, heat, that was a huge pretty, tangent. You've, you've, you've been pretty heated in telling me that they don't matter. They so don't they, matter, I, I, would, I would, I would say that you can get yourself up for telling me that they don't matter. Yeah, that, that I can if I have to. <laughs> it's, it's all an act. All this. Speaking, speaking yeah. of not mattering, the Lakers yeah. have lost to the uh, Memphis Grizzlies a few times mm. this season. Yeah. And, and you know, I just have a few questions I ask about this team that, you know, it's still pretty embarrassing that the Lakers, I think they went three and, no, one and three against yeah. the uh, Grizzlies this year. Just, a, just yeah. you know, one of the lower stretches of the uh, Lakers franchise. Quite and a deer. I would call it an deer. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, you know, I just—it's really kind of shocking that all these years later, Tony Allen is still out there putting clamps on people. Hey, you know what? You no, know? one of, one of my least favorite games ever was the game Tony Allen went eleven for eleven from the field against Kobe Bryant, and the Grizzlies <laughs> still lost. Hor- a horrifying game. Yeah. <laughs> That matchup was so much fun. I think Kobe oh, yeah. said after the fact that Tony he Allen did. defended him better than any other player. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the Kobe's compliments of my guy, Tony Allen. Oh, by the and also, uh, we're thinking of Tony Allen. He's going through some uh, legal troubles. Oh, yeah, right that's now. true. He's got All a couple. Right. A few things All on right. his plate. So uh, it's I impressive was... that he was still able to beat the Grizzlies. I mean, the Lakers three times this season, <laughs> despite all that. David Fisdale is, uh, you know, I thought, I, I, I thought it was illegal for a current head coach of a team to be on the other team's bench i thought that was that was tricky rules that was tricky but you know, you know he is very talented uh <laughs> he ran marcus all out of town so you guys would be stuck with your current whoa, whoa, whoa. Center was it or, mark or out there I, oh, out there. For which team for the grizzlies for the grizzlies i thought, yeah, I thought no I, no no they gave no. his minutes to killian tilly sorry mm. all right well there goes that question yeah um, I do want to ask about Fizdale. So we got, we got like, this is actually a serious question here at this point. We got to, you know, live through a few David Fizdale coached games. Mm-hmm. I have some notes. <laughs> like I have, I have some thoughts on, on his approach to doing things. Did it ever feel like when you were, when he was coaching the, the, the Grizzlies that he was just kind of throwing stuff at the wall rotations wise? Or was I mean, that because of the Lakers situation? Because like it is fair to point out that he was coaching an impossible situation. For which one? For the Lakers or for the Grizzlies? <laughs> for the La- for the Lakers this time because uh, of everything going. I mean, on. do you think that Fizdale was like going off script? Like he's like, now that Vogel's not here, I'm going to do what I want to do. I assume it's the mm. same game plan for these teams because the Grizzlies are doing it right now. The Grizzlies had Brad Jones filling yeah. in for Taylor Jenkins, um, uh, Darko Red. Monovich, I should know his name better. Sorry, Darko's coaching for the Grizzlies tonight. <laughs> yeah, um, he uh, like I assume they're doing the same general rotations. They've decided. Listen, we're not playing uh, Dwight Howard at center if we can help it. We're gonna do Carmelo as a backup five, which seems like a horrible idea. But yeah, I don't think been. that's like Fizdale being like, I'm gonna do this now that I have the power. I assume yeah. that's an organizational decision. They've they've chosen uh, which strategy they're gonna go with. I think generally that's a safe assumption. However the execution on that assumption yeah. left a lot, left a lot to be desired. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I, 
The other thing too that that really kind of struck me with Fisdale was the amount of honesty that he had in uh, scrums, where he just has no problem whatsoever just saying anything about any player, which was wild to me. I remember that from him being in Memphis that yeah. he did have a, a refreshing candor in all his media opportunities, where he would just talk very plainly about a lot of stuff. He he was a very, always good for good quotes and just a very entertaining uh, post game guy. And he and he gave us those. Sound bites to take that for data. Take that for data. That. Yeah. Was, that was his best. I mean, honestly, I thought he was at his best before and after the games. Less yeah. <laughs> in the games. <laughs> I think I think I would agree. However, I don't know if I would want to play for a coach who just is that just fire from the hip. <laughs> you know, as as players as seem coach. to love him outside of Mark Gasol. I think he had yeah. a good rapport mainly with most of the players. It's it's always like it's it's just wild that like the stuff that he just has no problem with. Like he basically called Trevor Ariza washed right now. It was just it was uh it was an experience. All right, so uh next question that I have about the uh the Memphis Grizzlies that have beaten the Lakers three times uh so far this year is you know this Jay Morant guy. Um, mm, Jay Morant, yeah. This Jay Morant guy, I is he does he have actual rockets strapped to his like has anybody checked his shoes? Because yeah. it feels illegal how high this guy is jumping off of the floor. Uh the, yeah, Jay Morant, he can possibly have some form of illegal um jumping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Inspector Gadget style shoes. Um, wild. Wearing. Also, Flubber. LeBron's LeBron's quote. It sounded like he was saying multiple NBA franchises because he said Rockets <laughs> and Cavs. He said something like he has Rockets and Cavs. I was like, rockets, what are you talking about? Yeah. I just, oh, Rockets in the. Oh, I got it. Yeah, uh-huh. his calf muscle. His calf muscles. Um, he has like Hakeem Olajuwon in one leg, Clyde Drexler in the other leg, and it's just they just. Did you when that play happened? When Avery Bradley he made a steal, a uh, mm-hmm. good steal. But like everyone saw that coming. Like I, yeah. Like I was like scrambling to well, grab my phone because I was gonna film my TV and post <laughs> it online. Like yeah. before the block happened, I was like, "This is gonna be awesome." Uh, and <laughs> it ended up being better than I thought it would be. Yeah. Like the two hands against the glass was so good. Him jaw getting his shoulders to the rim. You know, so not, that was not every day. So there was two. That was there was two things that I, I I felt in the moment there. So my immediate reaction. Did you ever see the movie Semi Pro? where the alley-oop happens and everybody is just like what yeah and then the referee goes foul no two fouls no travel you know yeah (laughs) and and like that's i i i watched that happen and it felt illegal like it felt i was like goaltend no foul no carry over somehow like i was just like that people can't jump like that (laughs) i think lebron's getting real upset about how much fun the grizzlies were having they looks like so much fun to play for it well i mean i i understand it in some sense i think part of it was like a like my four-year-old you know kid Mm -hmm. preschooler just being like hey that's not fair (laughs) <laughs> like what do you mean it's the same thing you're like hey john can't he can't do that he can't yeah. they, I, like i can't do that and it's like yeah they can they just they, they stomp people the grizzlies stomp people i'm sorry yeah. uh like lebron's like i'm making all my shots and i'm down by 20 it's like yeah yeah that happens this team well, runs up and down but also i understand lebron his one of his son's high school friends is was on the, on the court clowning 
yeah. against his team. And I can imagine LeBron, the dad being like, like, listen, this, this is not is, cool. You kids need to be quiet. <laughs> yeah. you, you kids need better decorum. Oh, you guys can't be yeah. trash talking while you do stuff. Cause he got the most upset to me when Zyra Williams almost had a huge dunk and was just laughing. He was giggling. <laughs> and I think that's what snapped LeBron. He's like, this is one of Bronny's buddies. This yeah. is one of his high school pals. This is going to show up on TikTok. Yeah, and and LeBron lost it. Dad LeBron could not handle it. Oh yeah. man. Well, I I've I've likened the Lakers this year at various points to like the uncle at barbecues where, you know, a a, a pickup game will will break out with the cousins and the nephews and stuff like that and the nieces and and uh the uncles will smack around the kids until they can. And then the right. kids and, and then the kids win occasionally and they go on a bit of a winning streak because the uncles have less in the tank right and the uncles resort to either fouling a lot yeah or or you better shut up if you know what's best for you <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah it's the, it's the nephew who is like 15 and yeah. then you're like wait when did you get to be six foot three 190 pounds <laughs> yeah, like right. you're well, this is this is a problem and it's like oh yeah he's varsity and then yeah. uh, it's like, all right, listen, Hold thanks, on. the Thanksgiving after dinner game is not as much fun. Yeah. Um, is he varsity at Duke? What the? Like, yeah. 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 No. I, and the other, the other note that I uh, took away from in that play with John Morant was apparently on press row mm. on press row. This is according to um, Cooper who writes for Silver Screen and Roll on press row. These people who have watched years and years and years of basketball, people were going, holy shit on yeah. press row like that was these people you know we, we probably at least a a century's worth of combined basketball that all these yeah. guys have watched oh. together and and or not together but you know over the course of their lifetimes and this guy did something that made all of them collectively go holy shit that's yeah. wild it's, it's incredible the it's this it's also like the small dunker thing or like the yeah. small leaper oh it's like yeah, how yeah. You, have, you have that big advantage in a dunk contest if you're shorter because yep. when you fly through the air it looks way more impressive i'm sure we've seen dwight howard early in his career oh, yeah. have these blocks like that were near the top of the backboard and you're like how in the world yeah. did that happen but the flare of tiny jaw doing it with his hair all flapping in the wind yep. um and seeing his his elbow his arm sleeves up against the glass, then hit the glass. The fact that he controlled the ball contributed to that spectacular effect yeah. where it was like, what in the world? Even <laughs> if we all thought it was going to be a block, we didn't expect it to look just like that. Well, and that's why it becomes... Uh, Bradley was anticipating him. Like Bradley yeah. threw the ball high off the backboard thinking like, okay, yeah, if I throw this uh, you know, at a certain level, this guy can't get way up there. And then he did. Yeah, and uh, you had... Uh, someone on social media was like replying being like yeah but like every bradley's bad at contested layups it's like do you think that matters with what we're talking about here <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything it has nothing to do with anything the guy whoever said that needs class, to be in a locker right now who would like have been over the room like that's not, that's nothing to do with anything i hope whoever said that is currently getting a swirly like I hope, like whoever. I, I, I assume he's writing for Silver Screen and Roll. <laughs> that was that was actually Harrison. That was yeah. <laughs> so let's talk really quickly then about a potential playoff series between the two teams. Sure. Um, how confident are you on a on a, on a scale of one to John Morant in the open court with nobody in front of him is going to score two points? 
Um, we're talking about a theoretical playoff series if the Grizzlies have home court and, yeah, yeah. and, the, the, and Lakers the Lakers aren't. are healthy and the Lakers are, are yeah. pretty healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, I would not be excessively confident. I, I feel like the Grizzlies, as they are currently constructed, are possibly a better regular season team than mm -hmm. they would be a playoff team. Their depth becomes less effective in the playoffs as rotations shorten. The Lakers clearly with AD and LeBron have the top line talent yeah. where the Grizzlies can't match that. Like as good as Desmond Bain has been, you know, I don't know how that's going to, when it gets into like a half court playoff game, because the Grizzlies are a bad half court basketball team. They still are. Like yeah. they have the, what the fourth or fifth best record in the NBA right now. You know, they've been the best team net rating and record wise over the last six weeks or so, but they're not very good at shooting the basketball. Mm -hmm. They have some of those same Lakers issues from the past few years where they're they're not one of the better three-point shooting teams. I think they're 20th in three-point makes per game. Mm -hmm. um, they're 20th in effective field goal It doesn't feel like it the against game. the Lakers. It like doesn't feel well, – that's the thing where it doesn't feel like it. that They shot fine against the Lakers in the last game. But, like, I believe one of the previous games, they had a horrible shooting night, but they still mm -hmm. rallied and won against the Lakers. So I can't well, I think tell. Jaw, though, I think that was a game where Jaw went like six for eight or something. Uh, that's crazy. true. And everyone else on the team, I think made two or three. It was a yeah. very strange game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jaw, those last two games or no, his first two, cause he missed one of the Grizzlies wins that one mm -hmm. of those was Tyus Jones where Jaw was averaging 40 points against the Lakers. He took that it was easy. Actually embarrassing. On Sunday. Like actually that one, that one actually hurt. Well, that was so, the big comeback. The, the, the second yeah. Grizzlies win, where it was a big comeback at yeah. the end. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I understand how you're embarrassed again, but it was like you guys lost a road game against a team with a better record than you. Yeah. A lot of people just call that an expected loss. Yeah. Maybe the ma maybe the manner in which you gave up the lead, you're like that hurts. But well, that was well, that was like the you know not this last blowout, but the one yeah. before that where yes. the Lakers did have a late lead. Yeah, they and were they they blew the late lead in yeah. Memphis and stuff, yeah. and you know that was basically my takeaway after the game was like. If you would have told me, if I was just to wake up tomorrow, open up the newspaper or, or open up my phone, and and look at oh yeah the Lakers lost by five in Memphis, I would say, yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> they covered. I'm fine with that. <laughs> right. Uh, but but I you know it, it, at the end of the day though, like that's not how that game goes, and you know your expectations do change over the course of a game and. And in both of those cases where you're up up like that, you kind of say like, all right, you should be able to kind of take care of the basketball and, and win this one. And uh, and they were not able to do that. So I mean, for for posterity, the mm -hmm. the Lakers had a 14 point lead in the third quarter mm -hmm. and then we're up by five going into the fourth. Yeah, that's a toss up. You're up by oh, five oh, yeah. against, oh, sure. a, a, against a, a again. You guys were starting, uh, you know, Avery Bradley, Malik Monk. We're not scared of those guys. Like Malik Monk's been amazing How you know, recently, you? but like, How dare you? You guys are playing Darren Collison, okay? Stanley okay, yeah. Johnson. These are whoa, people. Whoa, whoa, that you whoa. guys again. Stanley's guys, been getting, good getting for him. Getting a statue. Getting we're a statue. We're, we're talking about minimum players. Some of them who you guys had basically signed off the street a week before. You yeah. go in and play a Grizzlies team that's been playing very, very well. They, the Grizzlies got off to a slow start. Come back and win. Yeah, I think the term embarrassing, I'll accept the term painful, but the term embarrassing is where Grizzlies fans get defensive, where it's like, what? You guys don't have Anthony Davis. You're starting all these 
minimum salary dudes, what do you uh-huh. expect? We're going to beat you most of those times. And then we'll, when the Grizzlies ended up winning the game, well, like we were laughing at like, why are y'all so upset? This is 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 part of the is part of the annoyance at Silver Screen and Roll in particular calling these losses embarrassing. No, well, how much how much of that has to do with? those minimum guys that the Lakers are currently playing uh, being a lot of former Grizzlies. Like, is that, is that, Oh, I don't think that's any factor. I mean, we did enjoy every Bradley's cup of coffee on the Grizzlies. We did enjoy trading Dwight Howard for salary cap savings. Dwight Howard Mm -hmm. was a Grizzly for like a week. I I can't even remember (laughs) how long. No, I don't think the players have anything to do with it. And generally I, I, I'm not one again who like, I don't get riled up like like the the whole embarrassing Keith. I'm gonna have to disagree. <laughs> no, I, I I want you to understand that it's not embarrassing. But if you want to keep calling it embarrassing, that's fine. The funniest part was the gaffe that Silver Screen and Roll made is when they were saying like, "How do we lose to a team starting Desmond Bain?" You know, We're like okay, so you haven't watched the league this year. Yeah, Desmond Bain's awesome. Like he's he's flat out <laughs> awesome. I hope whoever wrote that had a great view at Desmond Bain cooking uh, the Lakers. That was actually Halsey. Okay. Halsey, Halsey wrote that one. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. you know, she, she wrote a, a guest recap. And, yeah. you know, yeah. it turns out that, you know, she, he took offense and was okay. unnaturally loud in her direction. Unnaturally you know? loud. Unnaturally loud. Yeah. <laughs> no, I look, I, for one thing, the Lakers, uh, well, I guess Silver Screen and Roll and, Grizzly fans developing this burgeoning rivalry with it has been like really legitimately fun. Oh yeah. To, to watch from afar. Like I haven't participated enough in it. Um, and that's kind of why we, we, we know we're talking now, but, but the other thing too, is I do want like Lakers fans, like the point of this and the reason I was making all those, you know, grit and grind, no. uh, jokes earlier. The reason I wanted to bring you on here is to tell people like, no, this team is legit, and I actually disagree with you. I would be terrified facing them in, in a in a playoff game in a yeah. playoff series. I'd be terrified, like because they're still so young that I I don't think like you know the, I think the Suns kind of proved that experience is kind of a fallacy and and kind of a cliche to a certain extent. Um, I do think it's kind of valuable, but where I do think it inexperience is kind of valuable is like. You don't know to be nervous. Yeah. You don't yeah. you don't like all you know is like, okay, that's I gotta go beat my buddy's dad over there. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> like that's and I and, and and I think it's a young athletic. It really reminds me, even though it, they don't have, I don't think, the top level talent that the OKC Thunder had back in the day when yeah. uh KD and Russ and Harden were getting ready to play against the Lakers. But I remember being nervous as hell to face off against those guys because they were so young and so athletic that the old Lakers would be like, okay, yeah, this is the thing that we should win. We just hope that they know it. And I think here with this matchup here with Memphis, if it was to happen, I'd be saying, you know, I could see the Lakers winning this, but I could see the Lakers getting run off the court and embarrassed in the games. Yeah, that they no, I, I agree with that. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm like, I'm not confident the Grizzlies could win, but yeah. when you ask me like, what's my confidence level of them like taking care of business? Mm-hmm. It's like, I feel like the Lakers would have a legitimate chance. Anytime yeah. you're facing off people that good, I do think one issue the Lakers would have is they don't have anyone to guard Ja. 
And that's like, that's like a big deal. Um, He's struggled in his past against larger rangy point guard defenders, like, like a drew holiday, Uh, Ben Simmons would guard him and he had a lot of trouble. Um, You saw him in the playoffs last year against the jazz. They had nobody who could check him. Like, sorry, Mike Conley, he got wherever he wanted. Yes. The jazz won in five, but like, you know, Morant had 30 points and the rest of the team maybe couldn't help him out. I think this year there are more guys who possibly can help him out. And if Jaron, I mean, the story for the Grizzlies season is that Jaron Jackson Jr. has been up and down and we're still yeah. like, all right, he's good at defense, but his offense has been all over the map. If you watched him against the Clippers and the Lakers this last weekend, Jaron was unreal. Like he was yeah. all-star level. Um, I mean, like putting up Hakeem Olajuwon's stat lines with the five blocks, two steals, you know, and scoring mm-hmm. 20 points. So if Jaron delivers that style of offense, I do think the Grizzlies are going to be really tough and would probably handle the Lakers um, unless, I don't know. I don't know what would happen for the Lakers to get their well, affairs LeBron. in order. Yeah, LeBron would have to do what he's doing. But, like, LeBron can't play any better than he did on Sunday. I'm sorry. Like, he was awesome. Yeah. Like he, was, yeah. he looked like one of the best players in the league, which he is on Sunday. They're going to have to get AD um, being bubble AD or something mm-hmm. close to that. And then you got to figure out, I think you have to empower your players. This is my outsider opinion Ooh. of the Lakers. I don't think the Lakers players know what it their is that roles era. are. Well, I say like, I think the Grizzlies players have been given the opportunity to fail a lot. They oh, say, I we don't saying. care that five guys are out with health and safety protocols. We're playing a 10 man rotation again. Like mm-hmm. Jared Culver, you're playing tonight. Um, Killian Tilly, you're playing tonight. And then it becomes, Hey, we don't care that we're missing all these players. Killing Tilly, you're starting and you're playing this regular role. Yeah. We're not going to give a veteran like Kyle Anderson 35 minutes. No, everyone keeps their same role. Mm-hmm. When I watch the Lakers, I feel like there's a lot of grasping at straws. Like, hey, this week, it's uh, Taylor Horton Tucker week. Or this <laughs> week, it's it's Wayne Ellington week. And I don't think the guys know. They don't know if they're going to play on a night-to-night basis. At least not everybody does. Dwight they has ha- said that recently yeah, too. Like, like Dwight has said it's really difficult to feel like you might play but maybe not play and then randomly get thrown into the yeah, game. Like, like, we saw it against you guys where the Lakers were down by 23, Dwight gets in there. Yeah. And he's just like, I mean, I guess I'll play. He plays poorly, I thought. And then at the end of the game, DeAndre Jordan who hasn't played in like 2 months gets in there. With a whole bunch of wings, that and was they wild. Go on that crazy that, run. that was wild. They I'm not. I'm not. Run. I'm not saying uh, insert DeAndre Jordan back into the rotation. But like, oh, just either. when you guys were building this roster, which was you spent all your budget on three guys, you know, mm-hmm. and then you have to fill in everything else with with all these remaining kind of free agent pieces, pieces who were not wanted by other NBA teams. Yeah, like like Avery Bradley, the Warriors were like, we'd rather have a roster spot. Like he was, you yeah. know, he was, you know, like, like these are people who were available during training camp a lot of times. And the Lakers are like, other teams don't want him. We're going to try to build a contender out of them, out of them. And that's very, very tough. But I still feel like a guy like Kent Bazemore, like Kent Bazemore can help this team. He uh, didn't he start like the to opening start the year. To yeah, start so, the year so, yeah. But then like, they're like, all right, things aren't terrible. going, things aren't going great. We got to take him out. I just feel like you kind of have to choose a path. You can't just yeah. be like, Let's try this. Let's try this because you're going to lose. Like you're going to lose games in the NBA. I don't know. And that's the hard part, I guess, for coaches is knowing like what is an acceptable level of losses. Are these guys executing what we need them to execute? Because when I look at your roster, I'm like, I feel like Kent Bazemore should play. I feel like Dwight Howard should play. I'm not saying he needs a start, but it's weird to me. He's not playing like 14 to 18 minutes a game Mm because it seems like you guys need that. So I don't know. It's it's a tough tough question for, for the Lakers to try to figure out. The, the way that I kind of phrased it the other day was, you know, 
it's a team that hasn't had almost any continuity because yeah. LeBron was hurt for a while. Now Anthony Davis is hurt. The only star, quote-unquote star, max player. We'll call him a max player because that's literally what his contract is. Uh, Russ is has been there basically from start to finish. And, and around him, I guess everybody but DeAndre Jordan uh, and LeBron and, you know, Anthony Davis has been out. But, like, every, basically everybody else has been affected by COVID. And, and this is a deal for everybody. But, you know, so to a certain extent, I can understand why the coaching staff is trying to find some continuity here and trying to, to, to you know, at least pencil in some kind of a rotation. But it's also like inherently, like you're talking about, when you have basically all veteran minimum contracts, it's the kind of roster where on any given night, you hope that one or two of those guys has it going. You just got to find which player that is on a night by night basis. So I don't so, think that's yeah. I don't think that's feasible for NBA teams. No, to, to do the oh yeah. you have it going tonight. I'm going to play you. I don't yeah. think you can do that. I think you have to choose like this is the rotation. These are the guys well, we're doing. Well, I think I think they're trying to do that. The problem is that even those guys that they're choosing for that rotation, they're still night by night players. So like yeah, against yeah. you guys, Avery Bradley, Malik Monk, Taylor Horton Tucker, and Russ all were terrible. And and instead of like adjusting and trying to go to maybe Baysmore earlier or Ellington a little bit earlier, they kind of stuck with those guys and the game got away from them. And then eventually they do go to those guys. And the Lakers go on a crazy run. And, you know, context matters like Jaw wasn't playing. And as soon as Jaw came in, came back in, the game was immediately over. Uh, but but yeah, I think it's it's a it's a roster that is already questionable in and of itself and then has been dealt some really critical injuries. And here we find ourselves at five hundred or so. And I think that's yeah. where they're gonna find themselves at the end of the season. I think they're going to finish a little bit better. I, I mean, I think I think they'll be all right. I know their schedule's tough, but like they're over five hundred. They're they're doing all right. What are they in the seven spot? Maybe like now. Yeah. I, I think, I think you're, they're they're going to be fine. I think you know, like Russ isn't killing you. You have Russ. You have LeBron. You have AD. And then you just have to. I think you got just got to pick. Like I yeah. would say, you know, you you have Dwight Howard as your backup five. You know, mm -hmm. Malik Monk's playing. I would play Taylor Horn Tucker. I would play Austin Reeves. And then I'm choosing. And I'm, now I don't know if they can do this to be like, hey, Carmelo, you're not playing. So, like, maybe you can't do that. So does Carmelo yeah. have to play? And then you, then you pick, like, one more. Is it Avery Bradley? Is it Ariza? Is well, they're going to have to do that with their guard. Ellington? You know, like, like one none of those is guys, coming, you know? Yeah, none is coming back. Anthony Davis is coming back. Like, they are going to, like, they're going to have to choose, like, one or two guys who just aren't going to play as much anymore, if at all. Um. I think it should be Avery Bradley, but given that the Lakers just guaranteed his contract and Frank Vogel loves him like a son, apparently. It's uh, wild, man. <laughs> Avery Bradley has some kind of spell he puts on coaches. Yeah. Like, I can't. Yeah. Well, that I was, can't that was a, a conversation that I think I had on Twitter with, um, with, with a few people where it's like Avery Bradley is like the Jamal Crawford of defenders. Where like these bucket getters <laughs> have so much reputational like, yeah, yeah, credit, okay. you know? And and Avery Bradley is that, but like on on ball defense, and and that is what people kind of look look at. All right, uh, last thing before we get out of here, yeah, this is what we do with all of our uh, with all of our guests here on on my show. Um, I you know have that and that that uh, I guess it's the churro step, the Euro stumble, all of those names that we have for it. My miss layup in Vegas, yeah, uh, that is one of it's pretty close to my most embarrassing sports moment do you have 
an embarrassing sports moment that jumps off the screen off the screen to you? Oh man, an embarrassing sports moment. I don't have one uh, that immediately comes to mind. I have to think. I mean, I'm not. I'm no. I'm no elite athlete. I mean, I was a. Uh, but that makes a, it better. I was like a church we're... league stud. Man, I, I had some huge games in church leagues in Nashville. Massive games. Did you ever uh, curse? Did you ever curse in the, no, in the church league and get kicked? No, out? I have a. I have a very clean mouth. Um, <laughs> no, I never did. I mean, my thing. My thing about playing ch like church league is uh, playing church leagues. I'm so competitive. Yeah. At all sports at the uh -huh. lowest level that I play them. I am so competitive. Like, I can't sleep after like <laughs> I can't sleep after I play a game. If like the official like th there was like because like I, I like NBA rules. I like rules on their own. I've I've refereed before uh -huh. and like playing again a casual like men's league game where the yeah. referees don't know the rules i like it turns me like <laughs> so like, did you ever you, i just did you see ever red in the go, church league like, yeah i got i got i got technicals but like most of them were just me explaining rules to them like they were children <laughs> being very condescending there was one referee who would call it out of bounds if you if you reach the ball over the plane oh, of no. the out of bounds like it's a it's football a no it's, it's like Yo, or like it's a yeah, soccer. like soccer. It was like I'm like we don't the you can't break the plane of the out of bounds. Also, we're playing in these like tiny churches where there's yeah. no space. Oh my god, the walls. You know, and you're you're, you're like pressing against the wall trying to inbounds it, and he's like throw in <laughs> violation. You're like it's not a throw in <laughs> violation if you read it. it, it was, like I like I literally like I'm not a violent person, but like the rage I felt in those moments, like I, like it was like nothing else. Like I couldn't sleep. I was so, so mad. So yeah. like eventually, you know, you you have you have kids, right? Plural. Eventually, yeah. they're yeah. going to play. Eventually, they're going to play sports. Yeah. How are you going to have that conversation with them about like, hey, technical fouls aren't cool? Like so. How so I'm like, Given what, I don't because know. I know I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a hypocrite. Like I, I know right now I'm going to be like, Avery, you, you can't yell at the referee like that. Knowing that right. like back when I was like 20 something years old, I did that regularly. So, so I didn't have it until like later in like, I didn't get any technical fouls doing stuff younger in my life. Um, mm -hmm. it, it was mainly when I was like a grown man and maybe it was the, like, I'm now 32 and I'm going to yell at you like, <laughs> like you're an idiot. Cause I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm grown now. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a problem. Yeah. I also honestly, like I am so normally calm when it comes to refereeing. There's a joke yeah. on fast break breakfast that I'm the referee defender. Usually on Twitter, on social media, I always point uh -huh. out that like, no, you, why are you guys all upset? You're mad at the rule. The ref called the rule, right? Like I'm normally right. always on the side of the official. And part of that is from just watching basketball. I would go to Vanderbilt basketball games in Nashville when I was mm -hmm. like, like with my dad in like college and in high school. And the people would scream and boo and like lose their minds about yeah. what I was like, well, the guy traveled. Why, why is everyone so angry? Like, like right. that was normally, I've, so for some reason I've always been super. And then eventually you turned 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been super reasonable about watching the games. I'm hopeful with my kids. I'll, I'll keep that calm perspective of like, listen, yeah, don't worry about it. Oh like, man, you as a, you as a dad explaining rules. Oof. Right. I, but I, I think, well, I think, and this is also a big thing to be very serious. Like yeah. youth sports are a disaster they in really America are. and a lot of it is the parents. All parents are out of control. And yeah. no people are going into officiating because there's this, like, I don't know what you call yeah, it. I don't, there's there's I, this I prerogative. There's I've this, there's this feeling I said, of no, coaches. I don't want to do this anymore. Well, yeah. there's this feeling of parents that everyone is entitled to everything, not to sound extremely LeBron Boomer uh, style, yeah. but, like, 
everyone's like, we lost. It's someone's fault. Yeah. It's like, no, you just, you, people lose. Also, it's like, the guy reffing the soccer match, he's 13, you know, like, because no adult will do this because all you guys are horrible. Right. So, like, yeah. I, well, yeah, I, my actual, parents, my, everybody, just chill out. Let the kids play sports and don't be mad at the refs. My honest to God take on this is that, and we got to go. You have to go. I'm yeah, sorry. I got to go. For, I got to go. But my honest to God take on this is that we have been trained by the games that we have watched on TV all these years and the way yeah. the referees get treated there. Yeah. So we think like, okay, that's how the that's how the pros talk to the referees. That's how we should all be able to talk to the referees. And as like the NFL has that stupid taunting penalty. Taunting isn't what we have to care about. Taunting isn't really that big a deal. Like for like you don't see that at very many levels. What we really should worry about is the way that these coaches and players and all that scream at referees because that's what actually gets extended and gets passed down yeah. as some kind of freaking rite of passage to to everybody who plays sports and watches kids play sports. That's my and it's And it's tough because so many sports leagues, they're privately funded or there's like someone yeah. is doing it and it's like the people who pay for the league to happen, they want their kids to play and get experience and win. And right. so they complain and then when they complain, changes happen. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what the solution is. I do like, yeah. by the way, turning it back to NBA, I love that we got rid of the out-of-bounds reviews. It has been such an incredible yeah. fix to the end of NBA basketball games. And the best thing, I don't know if this was a conscious decision. I kind of hope it was. The league told its broadcast partners, mm -hmm. stop showing the replays. No yeah. one cares. Like, it turns out nobody cares. If Mark right. Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy don't get upset about it, usually no one cares. Like, you can show a close play and be like, wow, that could have gone either way. And then no one cares. You just move on. Like, I felt like we yeah. were making more people upset about the officiating when the officials do a good job in the NBA. Like, they're in inconsistent, but, like, it's an impossible job. Like, refereeing yeah. NBA basketball is literally impossible. The players are the most athletic players in the world. You have John Morant with rockets in his calves. And if he wants to trick you, like, if a player wants to trick the referee, it's if Desmond Bain wants to kick his leg out and fall down, he's going to get a call a lot of the times. So to have these elite world-class athletes who are trying to deceive the referees constantly and then to get mad when that deception works. No, no, no. Everyone deep breath, calm down. Um, blame your own players. It's, they're the ones doing it. Oh, that's what fans are really good at is, is introspection. That's, that's what fans. That's all I ask. Everyone take a deep breath. The loss was not embarrassing. They did not win these titles when I was alive. Just exhale. It's all going to be better. It's a blast. Every single time I bring you on Keith, that is Keith Parrish. He has fast break breakfast, which runs is it's like every day, right? No, man. It's like that, almost that would be day. nuts. Uh, we put an episode out on normally Tuesday mornings and Thursday afternoons. Why do I feel like it's every day? Man, I don't know. Well, um, yeah. Well, underachieving Keith Parrish. That's right. Fast break breakfast. Not working that hard. Yeah. <laughs> and then he also does Grits and Grinds, a Grizzlies podcast for Grind City Media. Check that yeah. out as well. Keith, this was an absolute blast. I can't wait to do it again in the future. Thanks for having me, Anthony. Anytime.